Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Charlie. And I'm Hannah. And we're two 20-somethings rereading our favourite childhood book, but this time with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode, we're talking about chapter eight of Half-Blood Prince. Thank you. So grab a glass of mysterious pink liquid and join us on this drunken reminiscent journey. I am recording. The fan is still on. The fan is still on. Hi. 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 How are you on this man-hating day? Good. We have eaten a French taco, which was brilliant. Then discovered that a creep has been repeatedly trying to Instagram call me. So we hate men. Yeah, we're back on the feminist man hating because men, apparently a man that I met very briefly in France yeah. to stop him trying to ask my number. I gave him my Instagram because I have a public Instagram and I don't mind people following me on that. He went, clearly went through my friends list or through my photos, found Charlie and has now been repeatedly Instagram yeah. calling her. So that's uh, men yeah. for you. After commenting creepily on my photo, he then slid into my DMs and then when he didn't get a reply, just repeatedly tried to call me. I and what this, is how, this is how every great love story starts. This is exactly what the yeah. beginning of Romeo and Juliet, Pride and Prejudice. This this is how it starts. It's like when men yell at you out of vans, you're like, what do you think is gonna happen? Yeah, what do you think, do you think do I'm now, just sir? gonna drop trow? Like <laughs> Oh, you really won me over. (laughs) Come suck my tear. (laughs) Sorry, we're quoting Love Island. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, moving on to this podcast. Hi. Mm -hmm. Welcome to episode 97, Half-Blood Prince, chapter 8. The window's still open. It's still hot. Yeah. We need to do our Patreon and our review. Yes, we do have a Patreon. Who's the Patreon, Charlie? Emmett. Was it Emmett? No, it wasn't Emmett. It was something really with an F, I swear to God. Uh, Stefan. Good from both of us there. Emmett, Stefan. You have to leave that in. Why did you guess? Oh, do you know what the new game is? Guess the Patreons. I didn't guess, I misremembered. Jesus, what? It's the way we normally like Anna, blah, 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 to blah, blah, blah. But it's like, who's the patron? Emmett. Emmett. Right, are you going to do a blah, 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 to blah, blah, blah? You are, okay. I'm so sorry, Stefan. A, I'm sorry, size thank you to Stefan. Not Emmett. Your new name is Emmett. I will be... If you don't join the Discord under the name Emmett, then um, you're not doing Discord, right? If you do join it without calling yourself Emmett, I will change it to Emmett. Yes. We also have a review from Janet Schnookhole, which I, I sometimes... I, I somewhat hope is, is slight sarcasm because it's really sad. I came across this podcast when I was really depressed. These lovely ladies kept me company not to feel sad. They were through the loss of our very special kitty. They helped me smile, laugh, and not feel so alone. Who needs therapy when you have this podcast? No, it's true. <laughs> we never need therapy ever because we run the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We don't, we're not going to end it and need therapy for the podcast. Um, I'm <laughs> sorry you've had such a terrible time. Yeah. That is really horrible. It, we both have cats now, and if we lost them, I don't want to think about it, really. I know. 
Um, Todd is... I love Todd more than life itself. Yeah. Earlier, at Misu was trying to come in and I had to shut him out and it made my heart break. Oh, my God. I didn't, in, I didn't talk about Todd. You haven't talked about Todd. I've not talked about Todd on the podcast. You're a terrible cat mother. I got a cat. He's... <laughs> So cute. If you want to see photos of him, he is at Cat Todd Howard on Instagram. He is my child, my little boy. He is the love of my life. I feel complete. I love him. I'm obsessed with him. He's so small. He's so small. Unlike Misu, who is, who is so, so large. large. Like I can't, just, he's adorable. He's, he's you just need to see him. He's a ginger boy. He's, he's so naughty. Zoomy. Oh, yeah. he's very naughty. He eats so much. His little claws are so ineffectual. He's just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although he's so light, I am worried I'll step on him. I have already accidentally punted him slightly. I've stepped on him so many times because he's like, just, you'll be in the kitchen and he's like, I want to be under Under your your feet. feet. And it's like, mate, I'm cooking. I'm walking about. Like, and he's so small. You can't see him. Well, that's the one good thing with Misu. It is quite difficult to hurt him because of his size. Like, yeah, I can kick him, but it doesn't really do it. He kind of gets out of the way because he's the big one. Yeah. And like, I'm getting better at it because I know he's always there now. But whenever I'm working, he sleeps under my desk chair. So I'll just go to roll out and go over his tail and I'm like I'm so sorry and like oh. I've gotten used to it now Little but it baby yeah I would love for Todd and Misu to meet obviously because they are little and large but it unfortunately <laughs> can't happen maybe yeah. one day they could meet in their baskets and just look at each other well like one day I might have to smuggle him over here if I ever have like a flat inspection that's fine and they could, they'll have they to could stay sit in, in their baskets and just yeah look at they'll each have other. to be in different rooms but he can if it's for like a few hours Todd can just stay in a room like yeah. it's fine and we can do a sniff with Todd in a basket and then put him in a different room yeah yeah. So hopefully they'll meet. Maybe. Although hopefully I'll never have a flat inspection and have to hide him. We have an alcohol today from Amelia. Now, Amelia, hmm, I have an apology. I Hannah fucked it. Idiot. You requested this so long ago that I think what happened was you requested this when we were still doing two chapters at a time or something like that. So I, so basically, Amelia very cleverly requested an Amortentia-themed cocktail for the Amortentia chapter. Mm-hmm. I think what I did was very far in advance market for chapters eight and nine. We then started separating out the chapters and I just didn't think, if I saw the alcohol in eight and nine, I just would have kept it in eight and added nine in. Yeah. So unfortunately, this is not <laughs> on the Amortentia chapter because we now have a guest for the Amortentia chapter and guests get guest pick alcohol. And then we have a guest after that then a leaky con episode then a guest episode spoilers for the next month and a half of the podcast so there's no way i could make it work so yeah we're having it one episode early and i'm sorry but the thought is still there and it's a yeah. great idea so we only we, realized this morning so literally it was... this morning there was like we were like oh can't yeah. rearrange anything but they still discuss potions in they this do. they still they discuss slughorn and mm-hmm. we'll talk about amortentia in the next episode and it's a really fun request. So Amelia said, I was thinking maybe for the drink as you guys are coming up to Harper the Prince, maybe you could make your own Amortentia potion. Either take it as a making a cocktail that tastes like something you love or smells like it as the potion should do, which isn't what we've done, but I love that idea. <sighs> it would be really hard to do, but yeah. Really hard to do. Can you imagine if you're like, I want to create a cocktail that smells like, like books and <laughs> grass. <laughs> Dusty books, just put a load of dust, dust in it. Dust in it. 
or try to recreate one of the cocktail recipes online. So we didn't do either of those things. <laughs> we decided to go back to our COVID roots and do a competition. Well, not a competition, but make one each. Yeah, we're just making one each so that it's two different interpretations because I think we went down different routes slightly. Yes. So first up, we have my interpretation of an amor tensure. So my first thought was obviously like pink because mm-hmm. it's a love potion. And I was kind of looking at fun things I had. So I went for vibes. Yeah. But there are some extra things in here. Yeah, well, I, I can see the rose. Well, no, there's, there's also some, like, yeah, thoughts into it. So this is a strawberries and cream gin that has Ooh. pearl powder in, which I'm pretty sure the potion has pearl powder in, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the swirling pearl stuff. This gin is extremely sweet. So this is where I was going practical. I then put in triple sec and lemon juice to try to add some sourness. Yeah. Hi, this is Editing Hannah just jumping in to give a bit of a content warning. In the next minute or so, I use the word date rape quite a few times to refer to like extra strong drinks and like love potions and things like that in case anyone needs a content warning for that just skip ahead about two minutes and then topped it up with kava and this was so it had three different alcohols in it is extremely strong because a love potion it's kind of dodgy and kind of like a date rape drug so i've created a mysteriously (laughs) strong you won't be able to taste how strong this is, but it is. Drink. Then I added in edible floating pearls that are kind of like Ashvinder eggs and rose petals. Nice. Oh my God, that's so cool. Did you already have those pearls? I did, yes. Okay, let's try it. Cheers. Oh, I can tell how the, how strong that is. Oh. <laughs> it hasn't got the most complex of flavour profile. It's kind of sweet and fizzy Mm. i think if i could have served this in like a potion bottle that would look like a love potion i actually have two empty like oh i'm so dumb i should have thought of that that would have been sick if we could drink out yeah so we'll discover charlie's amortentia in a little bit episode but this is my interpretation of amortentia it's very good at home very well done thank you very pink was the potion even pink We'll find out in the next chapter, but I don't think it was. <laughs> but this is chapter eight. Not about Amortentia. Snape victorious. So Harry is immobilised on his back, in his own words, like a ridiculous turtle <laughs> with a broken nose. And if all your muscles were frozen and you were on your back, the blood from a broken nose would choke you. Yeah. It just would. Just, yeah, even if it didn't, really grim and uncomfortable. Because he's like, the blood's going down his face. It would go backwards if you're lying on your back like that's why i hate it in shows when people have a nosebleed and they do that i'm like no no yeah it's gonna go down your throat if you lean your head back lean the fuck forwards Mm. to get all the blood out for god's sake um yeah so harry's actually choking to death on his own blood lush he loses all hope and it's just like i guess i'll just lie here this is the end well kind of but then he's also thinking but I'm Harry Potter. Literally, Some, someone, someone will find me. Someone will notice I'm not there because I'm Harry Potter. He's literally going through that. But Which he says annoyingly, he hates himself for that yeah. thought. And annoyingly, that is what happens. Yeah. He is Harry Potter and Tonks has noticed Harry Potter hasn't got off the train. But I do love he says, and he hated himself for the thought. Yeah. <laughs> 
but would no one notice Harry Potter hadn't got off the... I love that this book finally Harry acknowledges that he is Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. So then it does happen. Tonks appears. And they're like, we've got to rush to get off. Why does the train leave? Like, okay... The what? next journey that it has is to take the students home for Christmas. Mm. And surely it's easier to store a train in the wilds of Scotland yeah. than in central London. Like, it's not being stored at King's Cross, is it? So, unless it is, like... But that doesn't make any sense. But then they'd have to choo-choo it back up to Scotland to take the kids home. I know that's a whole term away, yeah. but that's the next... Unless the wizards do use it for other things and Harry just isn't aware of that. I- I doubt it. I think probably what it is is Harry's dumb, so he's assuming that it's going fully back. There might be like because you wouldn't keep it on the platform. No, you'd drive to like a little, like a train storage area. Yeah, so it's so, probably only going a mile down the road. Yeah, but Harry's just assuming it. Kind of would be funnier if if he got left on and it did just like, park itself. Everyone's like, "Where's Harry Potter? He's gone missing!" And he's literally just in this like train <laughs> depot. Yeah. With all like the 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 lost and found suitcases, yeah, maybe uh, a pet someone didn't want. It's like surely like Petrificus Tartarus or whatever. It does wear off. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> It'd just be there. <laughs> yeah, this is another thing I never understood. What is the wear off time of spells? Because it mm. sounds like they all have different wear off times, and it I might think... be based on the competency of the cast. Yeah, I've always kind of assumed it's about how good they are. But all of them wear off eventually. I mean, aside from a Vardakandalf, someone doesn't. Unalive. Unalive. But yeah, they both have to leap off the moving train, which... Drama! Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't know why. I just... Have you ever leaped off a moving train? No. No. It's so quick that it goes. I have leaped out a moving car and it is... Have you? Why? Well, not like full speed, but yeah, if it's been like going slowly and then you try to get out, it's it's weird. Like your feet are just like... Yeah. Yeah, trains pick up speed fast. Although, okay, so I posted the Norfolk video on TikTok recently and a lot of people were pointing out the whole train thing doesn't make much sense because the train is going for like nine plus hours because they arrive at Hogwarts in the dark, but it's September, so it doesn't get dark till like 8pm and it leaves at 11. Mm. But then I was thinking, okay, that's true, but it's a steam train, so I think it is slow. Like, because steam trains are slower than modern trains, right? So maybe this train isn't picking up that much speed as it's a steam train. Yeah. It's like chung, chung. Yeah. Chung, chung. What really does make sense is that it have no fucking stops. Everyone right. has to come to London. About the Scottish students. <laughs> Fuck the Scottish students. <laughs> <sighs> Cormac McLaggen doesn't matter. And neither does Ernie McMillan. Valid. I love how both Scottish students are written as extremely posh. Hmm. <laughs> And like assholes as well. Ernie's like a lovable asshole, but yeah. Yeah, but like still an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Bear in mind that JK lives in Scotland. Does she just fucking hate it? Well, no, but then McGonagall's Scottish, and she's the best character. So we've, Mm. you know, we've got a range of Scottish people. She hates Scottish men apparently, even though she married one. Yeah. Tonks is still miserable and fixes Harry's nose. She's just like, "Do you want me to do that?" And Harry's Mm. like, "Um." I don't want to be rude, but I want to go to Madame Pomfrey. I love how he's like, he really didn't want to be rude. I'm like, I feel like your own face is something you can be rude about. Yeah. 
But also, it's the fact that he didn't want to be rude, but he still goes along with it. It's like, I feel like Harry would be one of those people that, like, he would end up getting drugged because someone would be like, take this pill, it will make you feel better. And he'll be like, well, I don't want to be rude. So I took medical advice from a stranger. He is a people pleaser. He is, yeah. Tomsen sends a message, a Patronus message, which we haven't seen Patronus messages done by anyone but Dumbledore yet, Mm. I don't think. So this is kind of cool. But I do want to watch out for, a lot of people say that in the books, the message Patronus came a bit of a catch-all that wasn't used before, and it became a bit of like a... Rather than, oh, this is something they can do, it's like, oh, everyone can do it now. Mm. And I do think that's probably true. So. Mm. But she sends a message, and it's an immense four-legged creature, which we find out later. Is Lupin's werewolf form? That's a very badass Patronus. Yeah. Like, but also fucking embarrassing if you're in love with someone and unintentionally yeah. your Patronus... Like, at least with Snape, it matched Lily's Patronus and, like, you only would have known if you'd seen her do the Patronus mm. well and then it could be a coincidence. If it became them. Thomas <laughs> is becoming Lupin. Like, the yeah. fuck? The weird thing about it, like, transforming into someone you love is that then it's like, so what, like... Were Lily and James not in well, love? No, because like, they were a doe and a stag. So, but like, like a matching pair. Do the Weasleys do Mr. and Mrs. Weasley? Does their match? What are theirs? <sighs> Mr. Weasley's is a weasel. <laughs> oh, I don't know what Mrs. Weasley is. I, I imagine it's a fucking bear. I don't think it has to match. I don't think it's like but you then don't it's love like, them if it doesn't match. But it's just then weird. Because it's Ron like, why do some like people... A, Ron and Hermione's is like yeah. a, a, an inverse matching pair, like the otter and the, and the yeah. terrier. Yeah, but like, why do like why do some and not others unless it's like one love is more valid, you know? Yeah, it is. It's like, it's such a big change like to me like because Patronus is meant to be like part of your inner workings or soul or mm. spirit it's quite a big deal for it to change i feel like like yeah and does that mean that therefore your love is like more all-encompassing than whatever whatever the animal was before mm. i'm thinking like there's such a classic fantasy thing of having an animal that represents you done in a really interesting different way mm. but it just opens up so many questions yeah was James's Patronus even a stag? Do we actually know that? No, we don't. I don't think. Like, Not yeah, his animagus was, but we don't actually... Do we know? Or is that just, like, fan assumption? Let me Google. Yeah, it says it's a stag. I wonder that's when, a bit boring. I wonder when and where that's established. I suppose that makes sense, because your Patronus and your animagus are kind of similar in being representations of you. So mm. I guess that makes sense than being the same thing. Because, like, McGonagall's Animagus is a cat and her Patronus is a cat. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like I would want multiple things. You know? Well, as I said, my Patronus would 100% be a giraffe. Which is so impractical. (laughs) No, not as a Patronus. That's fucking awesome. That would be a really impractical Animagus. Yeah. I mean, same with Polar Bear. Yeah. On that note, uh, I have booked in to get my giraffe (gasps) tattoo. By the time this episode comes out, I won't have got it yet. Oh. That was very anticlimactic. I wouldn't even get it by the next episode. I'm getting it on the 20th of August. Nice. So, yeah, I just feel like it's embarrassing for Tonks to, like, like she has to just, every time she wants to send a message, be like, nah, I'm in love with someone. 
Yeah. Not that, like, it's only the people in the know that know, which turns out to be Snape, but still. But it's still quite badass. Like, imagine her, like, casting a Patronus next to, like, Hermione and its little fucking otter and then a fucking werewolf. Like... That's the thing. Does the size of the Patronus know? Because the events just swoop away, but, like... Yeah. It does seem like the bigger the Patronus, the more it should do. There's... If you're Patronus and your Animagus form are the same, does that mean that Peter Pettigrew is just a little rat? <laughs> Can Peter Pettigrew cast a Patronus? True. But yeah, possibly. I don't know if they're the same. I don't know if that's 100% true. Especially if your Patronus can change. Your Animagus form can't change. Well, we don't know that, do we? That would be wild if it could. Oh. Tonk says that she's there because four auras are now stationed outside Hogwarts all the time which as i mentioned in the last episode feels to me like it should be a law enforcement job rather than an aura job i get it maybe they're just patrolling like that should be law enforcement whilst the auras are off doing the investigating to track down but then like i guess you want someone that's capable of doing something where voldemort to rock up yeah or there's no point to them yeah yeah, I just feel like they're wasting people who should be hunting Voldemort and the Death Eaters. You mean that the government is being ineffective? Yeah. Wow, what a foreign concept. Never. Harry then thinks to himself that Tonks is sad because she blames herself for Sirius's death, which was Hermione's theory, but Harry's kind of on board. Yeah. But he thinks, I should comfort her and say it's not her fault, especially because inside his own head, he's like... It really isn't her fault. It's a lot more my fault than hers. Like, Mm. she shouldn't feel guilty. But he doesn't want to because he doesn't like talking about Sirius, which is very healthy, Harry. Like, good shutting down of your emotions there. Boy needs therapy. When you can just not talk about things. Yeah. Or he needs to listen to Goblet of Wine. Either way, they're exchangeable. (laughs) Exchangeable? Yeah. Harry tries to allo-amore the gates, which I'm just like, Harry... I know that we know Harry is a dumb bitch, but, like, do you really think that the only thing keeping Voldemort out... Shit. Does that count? She did it, 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 she did it! What would you like? Tequila rosé, obviously. Okay. Do you not want one for yourself? No, because I didn't make a mistake. You made me do one before when you did it. (laughs) We're all in this together. Cheers. Why do we keep drinking things that look like tubby custard or like (laughs) a pink elephant milk or something? Pit what? Isn't elephant milk pink? Is it? Or there's an animal that produces pink milk. I'm sorry. What nonce has been milking elephants? Oh, that went all over my face. Oh, I did that so badly. Literally, I like... (laughs) Threw it onto your face. I genuinely did. It was like half over my mouth, half over my cheek somehow. Like, I don't get how I did that. Oh, dear. As I was saying, yeah, as if the only thing keeping Voldemort, Voldemort. out is Aloha Mora, as if he's going to get to the gate and be like, oh, hot darn, I don't know that spell. I don't know why. Hot darn, hot dog. <laughs> I don't know why I just gave Voldemort that accent. All I thought of when you did that is the Hannah Montana movie, which you haven't watched. Okay, the next movie we're watching together yes. is the Hannah, Hannah Montana movie. I know that there's different levels of door-locking spells, partly for, like... Which feels like, why? <laughs> okay, so I partly get it. Alohomora, although every wizard can unlock it, would keep any muggle out. So and I guess children. Yeah, so it's technically simple... But it's not for to keep wizards out, it's to keep children and muggles out. And then the more complex ones come in. But it's kind of still like, it feels a bit 
stupid. Mm. Like, okay, the third floor corridor being locked with a low humora in book one, fucking stupid, mate. That's what I had my next note about because Tonks is like, how that's not going to work. Dumbledore bewitched it himself. And it's like, but you didn't think to do that for the ravenous three-headed dog door. He was like, nah, this, like, I mean, this is why Dumbledore's death quota and how we think that he does certain things just for chaos and entertainment. He 100% made that. He was like, no, it'd be really, really funny if like a first year walked in on that. And he left it 100%. But does that add to the theory that Dumbledore did mean for Harry to go down through the trapdoor in book one? Like, because there is that theory that it's not just chaos. Dumbledore, and Harry even says it, he wanted him to do it. He's leaving them to do it. Like, was Dumbledore trying to test Harry? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, people can't see what he's doing, but he is trying to get out just by headbutting the blind. These, like, thick wooden blinds. He's like, if I jam my head into them enough, I will get out. work but i am worried he would work out that he can go underneath it yeah. quite quickly he's pretty smart yeah he's now walked off in a huff because oh, twice we him. had to pick him up and by twice he's like he was doing it so powerfully as well i was, was pushing back against him and it was like powerful i know i'll, I'll show you the video he's now. a muscly boy i know harry is in his muggle clothes which snape's like uh did you not want to dress up but it's also embarrassing for harry that he has to sit in a room full of other people walk in late wearing muggle clothes on the first day of school mm. like you know when you imagine nightmare scenarios for your first day of school like you know when it's mufty day and you turn up wearing the school uniform when it's sorry what mufty day what mufty day what in the tory <laughs> nonsense it's are not you tory. on about it's, not tory. it's non-uniform day yeah that's what a normal no, person no it's regional mufty no i'm sorry that's tory hannah simply the word mufty is Tory nonsense. It sounds like it's vagina day. It's actually also slang in Australia and New Zealand. So you just called it non-uniform day? Yes, like a normal human being. But why not have fun piece of slang? Mufty. Because it makes you sound like a Tory. Anyway, kind of like on Mufty day where you'd show up in uniform and everyone else would be in Mufty. Yeah. Which was the worst thing ever. It never happened to me, but it was always my fear. I can't remember. I definitely left the house still in school uniform and had to run back. I think I might have done that and maybe gotten there and my mum being like, shit. Shit. (laughs) Like, actually, or no, it would have been gotten to the bus stop and then had to leg it, get changed, and still try to make the bus. Because, yeah, I was a bus wanker. Yeah, I walked. So I I think I remember getting to the bottom of the drive and seeing Luce and Jen, who I used to walk with, and being like, shit, and just running back up the drive. Shit on it. Shit on it. (laughs) And then being like, dad, 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 please give me a lift, please give me a lift. And he was like, no. And I was please, 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 it won't be a dab if I've walked. I can't have another bad note. No. Okay. (laughs) So Snape goes tonks that she has a new Patronus. Okay. Like bit mean and then takes points away from harry which how did we not establish in the last book that you can't take points away you can't be negative like from zero you can't be negative did we well like wasn't snape trying to take away points at the end of book five and then he was like oh there aren't any we'll just have to and then mcgonagall went add some bitches yeah how exactly would an hourglass work with negative figures i don't know maybe it's like because that was the end of the year so no i don't know I don't know. It's also a disproportionately high amount of points. It's like 50 and then 20, which like when Harry was in first year, he literally was depressed for like a whole term about losing 50 house points. And now he's just like, fuck it. Yeah. It's also like, 
I know that Harry says that he doesn't want to tell Snape what happened. Stupid. But Tonks 100% would have told the school what happened and who did it in her, like, message. I'm pretty sure they had the conversation after she sent the message, but I could be wrong. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd have to check on the order. Maybe, but then I feel like, you know mcgonagall or dumbledore would have asked it's just because yeah, just... he turns up in the hall covered in blood you think someone would have been like well clearly you didn't do that to yourself yeah you and like did. what were you attacked by like a death eater yeah. or... so it's it's insane to me that draco just gets away with this insane he assaulted another student he broke his nose yeah like that's a suspension right there. Yeah, surely. I think part of it is Harry is too proud to say anything. He is so embarrassed by this incident because he's come off as the idiot. Yeah. Because he's got his nose broke. Like, he is so deeply embarrassed by yeah. this incident. But like, I, he says it multiple times that he just doesn't want to tell people. But, like, someone would have asked if the fucking chosen one that several people are out to kill just comes in late covered in blood. Double an adult there, like, might ask. That, no, it's Harry. People are like, yeah. Yeah, that seems about right. He probably it? did. Like, he probably wa- walked into, like, a glass window or something. Fucking idiot. <laughs> like a bird. Charlie's made me some tubby custard. Okay, so I want a disclaimer with this drink in that I originally planned for it to be with, like, a rose gin. And I did, I, I did bring, and I do have a strawberry and rose vodka, which I could have used, mm. but I wasn't. We can always do it as like a third one to try to see if that'd be any better. Because I think in, instead, because we couldn't get that because we only like decided to to do this last night. I used tequila rosé, which I the reason I feel like it doesn't 100% work is obviously because tequila rosé is creamy. And then I've done it with egg white. Right. So this is egg white, tequila rosé, lemon and mint. But yeah, originally I wanted to do it with gin, egg white lemon and mint and the reason is because the ingredients are ashwinder eggs rose thorns peppermint and rose petals so there are only four ingredients no there's more but those are the ones that i've like okay that's very good for matching to the text this smells fucking bizarre i mostly smell the mint yeah it tastes like a milkshake that tastes like a milkshake yeah Mm. I can't taste any alcohol, just milkshake. I mean, the only alcohol is the tequila rosé. Which is weak anyway. So you didn't go down my line of trying to kill people with the alcohol. It's not bad, but it's also not good. I am willing to try it again with the vodka to see if that would work. It doesn't not work. It's just very creamy. Yeah. So while you're out, I did some deeper research on the word mufti day and i would like to apologize for using that word actually because i've discovered something actually extremely interesting but just kind of disturbing Mm. not like the worst thing in the world but i literally did not have a clue about this and it's one of those things which i'm like i mean i've never even heard the someone like use the word mufti okay so it is a very common word in certain regions of the uk australia and new zealand Mm -hmm. it is like like i never called it non-uniform day growing up the teachers, the school, mm. call it Mufti Day. It's just a word. Like, yeah. I knew it wasn't a real word. And I knew it was UK slang. Like, I knew that different regions had different words for it. But, like, there are regions that don't call it non-uniform or Mufti. They have their own slang for it. Yeah. I just thought it was slang. It is slang. But, so basically, a person, I can't quite remember the actual role they play in the Muslim church. But they're called a Mufti. And basically, during the colonial era, like, 
British colonial era, obviously, everything comes back to this. Mm. For some days of the year, the British people basically donned the garb of like what Muslim leaders were wearing, but a really bad interpretation of it. Essentially, they went out in their dressing gown and slippers because they thought that's what the mm. ceremonial gowns of the people in the uh, Muslim religion look like. Yikes. This then got known as dressing mufti because that's what the it, it's a name for mm. some people. I think there's some sort of teacher in. Yeah. I, I can confirm this in the description because I just don't want to... I've drunk a bit and I don't want to use the wrong terms. So I can confirm it in the description, the actual word. So then, yeah, when the British colonisers did this, they called it like dressing mufti and it meant like wearing a dressing gown and slippers and dressing down and off duty because obviously these people had like um, military garb they were wearing most of the time. This then filtered into the normal military. So mufti is actually a word from the military. Like, so it filtered down, filtered down, filtered down. So then it was in the military and it's when soldiers weren't wearing their uniform because obviously like in World War One and World War Two, soldiers would wear their uniform even when not on duty to show that they were soldiers. So when they weren't in their uniform, they called it mufti. Mm. And then they think it got into the schooling system because obviously so many schools had teachers that were ex-military or came yeah. from the military because obviously everyone served in the military in World War One and World like not everyone, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So many people served in the military in World War One and World War Two. That's how we got into the schooling system. And then it's just been passed got, down. Been passed yeah. down for the last hundred years. And that's where the term Mufti that comes is from. It's a fascinating, fascinating part of language. That like, is not something I expected to learn today. Honestly, mind blown. I feel bad that I used a word that is from a horrible thing that like colonizers did like british mm. colonialism is but, obviously something i'm super against but like it's amazing that i am 27 years old i was about to say 28 i don't know my own age i'm 27 years old and have never learned the origin I'm of that i'm 27 word. years old, old. <laughs> sorry and no money and no <laughs> prospects i'm no, already but, a burden to my parents i think like don't feel bad because it's not like you knowingly did it and it's like, I don't know, it's fascinating, but this is what I was talking about last episode in terms of, you know, when when are you supposed to have unlearned, blah, 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 as if it's not like a continuance process that, depending on your circumstance, can take a different yeah, amount yeah, of time. Yeah. It's like that kind of thing. I've never even heard the word before. So like, Which shows how regional it is, yeah. because if you ask anyone I grew up with of whatever like class level of schooling they went to, it's mufti. Yeah. So why would you ever know the origins of that and like there's yeah. so there's so many things like that where it's just like a word you don't know the origin of every word so it's not like you knew about it and were doing something wrong by using it but it's like it's it's fascinating when it's like how can anyone ever claim to have either never learn any prejudice prejudices yeah, or bigotry just, yeah. or to have unlearned them all I'm sorry, you don't know because every day you find out things like that and it's That's absolutely fascinating. And also, like, I truly believe that language is ever-evolving and we shouldn't necessarily punish all language because it once meant X, Y, Z. You can tell language is ever-evolving by the fact, like, I was having a very in-depth discussion with my mum last month. Basically, my mum is an, uh, a speech and language therapist so used to work in special needs schools and we were talking because of the so Lizzo used the S word in a mm -hmm. song recently and then three days later she cut it out. And there was a big discourse around, well, it doesn't mean the same thing in America, even though it came from the same origins. And me and my mum were just talking about the evolution of language because she completely agrees that Lizzo should have cut it out. She's very against the use of that word. But when she was training, that was the medical term for someone with like cerebral palsy. Like mm. that was the medical term. So she's like, we were just talking about how 
yeah, like language changes and it doesn't mean that a word is necessarily evil. You just have to understand the history of yeah. words and therefore the power behind them. And yeah. like, that's just blown my mind, honestly. I'm like, fuck me, I never knew that. Yeah, no, like, I didn't even know it was a word. So I'm like, I have learnt a new word and then, then learnt like, that I'm not going to use that word. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not that it necessarily, I mean, obviously we don't, not the people to make the call if it's offensive, but like, not that it necessarily is offensive. No, no. I don't know. However, I'm like, I'm just not going to use it. Because I've gone 27 years without using it. I'm going to now use that as a really fun fact to pull out. When yeah. People are like, when people just mention Mufti Day to me, I'm going to be like, I have some interesting facts for you that yeah. will make you rethink that word. That is absolutely fascinating. I feel like I am now going to start, like, just researching those random words. Yeah. Yeah, Snape takes points away, even though we're not sure if that is possible. And then they walk up to the school. Snape's trying to get a rise out of Harry to take, like, probably take more points away. And Harry's really trying not to rise to it. He's like, I'm going to fucking ignore you. Yeah. But um, he's also, he's thinking about Snape and he thinks that Snape is beyond Harry ever being able to forgive him because of how he treated Sirius and how this ultimately led to Sirius's death. Which doesn't change <gasps> just because he loved your mum. This, him goading Sirius does not change just, just because he, he wanted, wanted to, to nail Lily. Mom. It's infuriating. You should never forgive him. You should respect him. Maybe once he dies, like, not respect or everything he did, respect the sacrifice he yeah. gave. But don't forgive him and don't mm. name your fucking child after yeah. him. You know why this drink is weird? I think because, because of the ice, the mint and the lemon... It's like drinking a really fresh milkshake. <laughs> and that sounds like a oxymoron. It's giving me it's giving. It's giving something I would drink like on a holiday mm. to refresh. It's just like it's weirdly heavy because it's very creamy, but then it's quite refreshing. It's, it's a, do you know what? Lemon I was very thirsty. And yeah, the mint and the lemon is it's very mm. refreshing. I got to spank the mint. Sorry, describe the action you did with the mint. <laughs> it's what you do to mint to release I've the... I've only ever muddled mint. With what, stir? No, with I'm a muddler. Guessing... Oh, with the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you can also just spank it and then it... Oh. Harry's a fucking idiot. I take back <laughs> everything I said about intelligence and growth in the last chapter because he yeah. says... Harry's like, ah, oh, I kind of want to put the invisibility cloak on. And then Snape tells him not to... As though he had read Harry's mind. Oh, wow, Harry. Honey. I wonder how he did that. Honey, do you remember last book when you learned that, that Snape, Snape was a read minds. <laughs> Yeah, he's a legilimens. Like, hate to break it to you. <laughs> what is wrong with this boy? <laughs> Seriously. And like, I know this has been a thing for the first five books of as if Snape could read minds. And then it all leads to the fact, oh shit, Snape can read mm. minds. Because Dumbledore, as if his vision was x-raying, Dumbledore can also read minds. They're the two characters that always get described yeah. as seeing through you. Harry. 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 Harry Hun. Harry. Yes, he can read your mind about the invisibility cloak because you wear your emotions on your sleeve, just like Snape told you not to. You're thinking about the invisibility cloak and Snape can see that. Mm. And you're a fucking twerk. I like to think that Harry is so stupid that a lot of the time when he's thinking, he's actually just muttering out loud. <laughs> 
What if I put the invisibility cloak on? It's not even like Snape can read mine. Snape's like, you realise that you're talking out loud right now. Harry! (laughs) Oh my god, I really hate Snape. I hate Snape so much. Oh my god, he killed Sirius. I wonder if I can put my invisibility cloak on. Snape's like stood next to him like, fucking hell, this boy, really, this one? Do you ever, okay, this might be me being like, actually insane oh god do you ever like you know when you like randomly have a dirty thought in public do you ever really worry that it you said it out loud you're like i know i didn't but what if i did yeah or i worry that if someone could read minds sometimes i'm just like fuck what if someone like like could see that like fucking hell yeah exactly i'm just like what if one day it just actually came out. Yeah. Like, it's terrifying. Like the embarrassment. And of, I say this as someone with no filter. It's like the embarrassment of laughing at a podcast on a bus or a train, but 10 times worse. Mm. Well, I always love when I see people laugh at something in their headphones on a train. I literally yeah. smile at them because I'm like, I want to know what you're listening to because I... I hope it's good. I hope it's me. I hope it's Goblet of Wine. <laughs> yeah, I love when, like, you see someone check their phone and get that little smile. Ooh, and you're like, so you. So cute. Yeah. Okay, so then a bit that fully confuses me and adds to my theory that no one has ever believed me on. Okay. So Harry's like, fuck, gotta enter the Great Hall. And the Gryffindor table is furthest from the door. Yeah. Okay, so I... So it has to be at the sides. Yeah, so I have always thought... But there is something about some of the descriptions of the Great Hall that make no sense and leads me to believe that either the door is at the side... Or the tables are horizontal, not mm. vertical. I think it's most likely at the side, but we think it's the other way because of the films. But also that would make the most sense. Like, it may- yeah. Like, it- the door should be yeah. at the lower end. For it to be at the side just fucks with my head. But yeah. Because it makes no sense for him to describe the Gryffindor table as the... F- I think I've said this on the podcast mm. before, but this adds to my evidence... The Gryffindor table could never be described as the furthest away if the door is where it is in the films because, yeah, it could be the far one, but there'd be another far one and yeah. they're both equidistant like, yeah. and they're really not that far. And he has had to, he's described before... Okay, so the way... Because then he's described he had to walk past all four house tables to get to the top table when his name came out, the Goblet of Fire. So let's actually... No! No! They must be facing horizontal because if he had to walk past all four... When his name came out, the Goblet of Fire, if the door was at the side, but it's table, 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 this is the Gryffindor table, that's the top table, how is he still walking past all four to get to the top table? No, but then that's not right either, because if the door's at the bottom and they're horizontal, table, 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 Gryffindor being the furthest from the door, that also makes no sense, because then he wouldn't have to walk past anyone. So is the door... Are the tables horizontal and the doors at the teacher's end? No. That would be ridiculous. The fuck is that I out with this great hall? I don't know. I care so much about this. Mm-hmm. And I know no one else does. I know that. Yeah. I do understand that. It makes the most sense how it is in the film. Obviously, yeah. But then some of the descriptions she yeah. writes in the books. But by the time like the fifth book came out, the first film was out and possibly the second film. So by that point, she should have gone, yeah, do you know what? That looks a lot better than whatever the fuck I was doing in my head. Yeah. And... This is, should be one of the things she changed based on the film. That door, table, 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 top table. 
Yeah. I just don't understand how the Gryffindor is furthest from the entrance hall door. And I don't understand how he had to walk past all three tables when his name got pulled out the goblet of fire. Someone tweet me and explain the geography of how this could work and draw a little picture for me. Yeah. Turns out Harry is covered in blood, lol. Lol, banter. Yeah, Tonks just didn't mention that to him. I don't know how Harry would think he wouldn't be covered in blood. And I don't mm. know how he wouldn't feel this. Like, I could dried feel blood. if I was covered in dried blood. Yeah. Harry then really vainly hopes that people assume he's been involved in something heroic. <laughs> Harry Potter yeah. has finally realised he's Harry Potter. Yeah, I feel like if it was heroic he might be covered in other people's blood but not just loads of dry blood out of his nose. They probably just think he's had a nosebleed. <laughs> that would be so lame. I, in my teenage years, had multiple, many, many, many nosebleeds and yeah. it is lame. I can tell you it's lame. Yeah, you were that person. I couldn't. Puberty caused nosebleeds for some people, yeah. okay? Yeah. You can't help it. Slughorn is announced as Potions Master. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Also, there's a blanket ban on Weasley's Wizard Weezers. What? Um, is there? I just didn't read that. Yeah, he's just like anything from like... he's Anything? Like, yeah, he's like Filtress informed me that there's just a blanket ban on anything. <laughs> I didn't that. That's so funny. What this feels like is when you went to school with someone that bullied you and you like check their LinkedIn as an adult and like really hope that they're doing badly and they're doing really well. This feels like for Filch, he's like, yes, I got rid of them. And then he's like, no. See, to me, it feels like really good marketing on the on the Weasley's half that maybe they planned this. Because if the products are banned, they're more likely to sell. Yes, 100%. And we know the Weasley's are nothing if not good marketers. Mm-hmm. I just didn't notice that bit. That's brilliant. Snape has finally been given defence against the dark arts. So the kids make a joke that it's fine because Snape will be gone by the end of the year because the job's jinxed. Which I was trying to remember. Has it been... So this is when we get the confirmation that the job is actually cursed. Like well, this book. I've... But like it has been acknowledged before that it's a joke amongst the students mm. that it's jinxed, right? I think Hagrid's mentioned it and stuff. I think maybe, yeah. I can't specifically remember, but I feel like it has. Yeah. But yeah, this is the book where we actually get the acknowledgement that, yeah, it really is cursed. Which, like, you feel like Dumbledore would have told Snape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, actually, no. Dumbledore knows Snape's going to be gone by the end of the year because Snape has to kill him. Yeah. So of course he's going to be gone. So this is all part of his grand plan. He's like, yeah, you can take it because you will be gone. Bye, bitch. Because you can't kill me and then carry on as teacher. Or you can carry on as head teacher. Dun, dun, dun. Dumbledore then gives them a safety warning. He's like, don't, just don't go outside at night. Please don't leave your beds, Harry Potter. Please just don't mm-hmm. leave your beds after dark, Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> yeah. God take you three. And then the whole school gets up. Hermione runs off to actually do her prefect duties while Ron's like, Meh. I did it for a whole year. Um, yeah. I think I'm good. Bye. So Harry tells Ron about a Draco stamping on his nose and Harry says a really sweet line of, it was a credit to their friendship yeah. that Ron didn't laugh and I'm like, I would have laughed. <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, okay, that's that's a yeah, that, uh, that, that really sucks. But Ron thinks Draco was just showing off to Pansy and lying about having a job from Voldemort. He's really grasping at straws here. They all are. It's yeah. pissing me off already. Hagrid suddenly appears mm-hmm. out of nowhere and is like, yeah, Grop's still here. F- fucking forgotten about Grop, to be honest. I was like, oh, yeah. is he great? I is just, he ever important? I no. really feel like he's built up like he was going to have some 
if greater like, purpose. Yeah, like I know he did come to the battle and like smash a few things, but he didn't make much of a difference. No, no. And yeah, like yeah, he's living in a cave. I don't know. Yeah, mm. I just don't care to mm-hmm. be honest. And then. The saddest end to a chapter. Hagrid's like, I'll see you all tomorrow in Care of Magical Creatures and walks off. And Ron's like, did you take Care of Magical Creatures? No. Did you? No. Yeah. Hermione did, right? No. It breaks my heart. It's the fact that these three didn't think to tell him. Not yeah. the fact that they didn't take it. Like, obviously that's fine. But the fact that they didn't think to tell one of their yeah. best friends. Yeah. Like, that's heartbreak. That's really selfish of the three of... But also, I can see myself doing this at 16. Yeah. Like, I absolutely can. And then feeling too awkward to address it. Oh, God, it's so awkward. It's so awkward. Yeah. And that's the end of this chapter. It's literally, like, half an hour of book. It's very short. Yeah. Do we have but a... yet, we talked for one hour, 24 minutes. Woo! Do we have a question? If we don't, we do. Good. That if... makes so much sense. I know. I'll explain. Okay, we don't, which means it's the one that came through today. So this message came through from RMG, and what was funny was, they sent me a message where they were like, I have just got my appendix out, and I want morphine. (laughs) (laughs) They sent me the question, and I had to reply being like, sorry, what is this? And they replied today saying, to be honest, I've been staring at that question for about five minutes, and I've no idea what I meant. (laughs) Wait, can I see the question? I'll read out the original just to embarrass RMG. I'm so sorry for embarrassing you, but... My question to you is, what is your best golden trio slash DE pairing? There are so many. Give me the best. I need it. Wow. Does anyone else want to interpret this question for us? DE. Death Eater? DA? Dumbledore's X. Anyway, after me saying, sorry, could you clarify that question? They said, no, I was high on morphine. So they instead (laughs) asked quite a depressing question. Thanks. I feel so beaten up with everything that's happening in the world at the moment. Women's losing their rights, people. And then they go about on... I like how much more intelligent this was. No, literally, I'm like, okay. Um, They go on about some of the mass shootings that have happened all Mm. over the world. Oslo, Denmark and the US. Do you think this is the new normal or are things getting better again? Maybe not as happy as question as when I was on a morphine high, but a lot has happened since then. Yeah. So I think firstly, I don't think this is the new normal because as sad as it fucking is, I think the world has always been like this and our access to information is faster and better. And I know that's actually more of a depressing answer, but like I sometimes talk about this with my mum. When she was growing up, like the IRA were massive and people were getting blown up and shot here. And like, there hasn't been a time when that hasn't been happening. It's just at the moment, our access to information is instantaneous, which makes it feel more overwhelming. Yeah, like in some ways I agree that I think that things, I, I want to preface this conversation actually by saying that like, I can only really talk for like the UK. And then yeah. obviously we get a lot of exposure to like, Um, information about America and like some of Europe as well obviously certain parts of the world are not included in this in this wider discussion because they're an entirely different kettle of fish and I cannot claim to know enough about their histories or their presence Mm. to include them in this but I feel like yeah things are always bad to a certain extent but I do feel like there was like certain I guess like at least in terms of 
economic, like economic heydays in like the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Whereas now we are facing just like, you know, what is it, 12 years of Tories? More like I can't remember. Yeah. And a cost of living crisis and all of these things, like just unaffordable housing. Um, I saw like a tweet the other day, someone like being like, genuinely i am asking and they were like an american person and they were asking like has any other country ever gone this deep into being a fascist state and come back from it peacefully without like a violent revolution yeah and the answer essentially i can't remember which country it was like one once one time and it is scary like looking at the fact that basically neither the uk or america really have a democracy right now we're in like a you know cost of living crisis it's just in it's like there has obviously always been a giant gap between the rich and the poor but the fact that it is getting yeah so incredibly like i think what for me is scary is like the fact that i am like a very very privileged like middle class woman and I'm starting to feel it. Yeah, 100%. And it's same. scary being like, if I live in such like a privileged bubble and I'm starting to feel the effects, like I don't understand how no. yeah, like, anyone is affording anything. No. I, yeah, I think when I was saying that like things have always been bad, I meant, I, think, I, I meant more in terms of like not isolated incidents, but shocking... Yeah, um, news... Yeah, shocking news, shootings and bombings and things like that. What scares me in terms of things getting bad is growing up, when you learn about history, you view it through the lens that things are constantly getting better. And by Mm. better, that often means more left-wing or liberal. Like, you often learn about history through learning about women's rights. They didn't have rights, then they got the vote, then this changed, then this Mm. changed, then this changed. And you can see the path of things changing. The same as gay rights. Like, it's no longer criminalised. Now this is legal. Now this is legal. And then in 2008 in this country, gay marriage was legalised. Like, things progress. What scares me the last few years is the slide away from things being liberal and the slide not only of things getting stricter, but more fascist. So, to me, the most terrifying thing that has happened although so many horrible and terrifying things has happened, is in this country, the new police and crime sentencing bill was passed almost without, like, backlash. And that means it is illegal to protest in this country anymore. Protesting is a cornerstone of democracy. Democracy cannot exist without Mm -hmm. the right to protest. Like, it literally does not exist. And, yeah, what scares me the most is... Uh, is democracy being taken away and that isn't just the US and the UK and this isn't just like something that's been happening in the last few years my friend Zoe wrote her dissertation so this is six years ago about the rise of right-wing and fascism in Europe again Mm -hmm. yeah this was like six years ago this is happening everywhere so what scares me slightly but also confuses me slightly is where does this go from here if every country is getting more fascist where the fuck do you go from here i understand that political views and worldwide views are always a pendulum and it always swings back and forth but how far does it swing one way and how do you get back the other way exactly and this is what that person tweeted about the other day is like genuinely yeah how, how do we come back from this without like a violent revolution yeah and i do think that there's a lot to be said for how social media 
is becoming like an outlet for people and they're channeling their anger into social media. And really, it's not helpful because, I mean, yes, it's helpful in terms of the spread of information, but it's not helpful in terms of that's where people are putting their anger, where they should actually be pointing it towards, you know, the government and towards protesting yeah it's scary i also think the world's getting worse in terms of like yes there's always been you know wars and this and that going on but nowadays it's like global pandemics and like and yeah it's just i fucking hope we can come back from it yeah i do understand that attitude of feeling so beaten up with everything and like looking at your phone and just being like fuck hell like this is so much what I've actually Mm. found helpful in the last few years and especially in the last few months is concentrating more on like incredible like creative outlets are doing I think I found more joy in reading and books in the last two to three years than I have really ever before in my life or since I was a child because it's not only that escapism but it's the way that people are able to put down their feelings about everything into things and I think that like Obviously, we all need to work on not letting the world slide into, like, fascism, but also, like, you can't let yourself just be upset about it 24-7 because it is not healthy. You have to find ways to sit back and go, like, okay, this is happening, this is what I can do, but also, at the same time, I have to learn to enjoy things yeah. that are still I can enjoy. And then we need to get our shit together and just start being violent because our democracy is being taken away from us and we need to be more French. And that's the only time you will ever hear me say that. That was a that was a hard question. It also was just more of a discussion point than a question, but I'm just like I think it's it, it's worth talking about, but yeah, also like remember also that the news operates almost like a social media to keep you checking back on it. So like do set limits for yourself like there's Mm. continuous learning that you should do and access to information but then there's getting yourself in horrible horrible spirals yeah but also remember like it can get like ultimately the answer for me to this question is that things can get better however they're not going to get better from everyone sitting on their asses on twitter complaining about it yeah and we actually do and like yes obviously the extreme end is to say hey let's be violent go grab your guns guys no but go and protest like protests exist for a reason even if they're like even if people say they're illegal like they are in this country that isn't going to stop us protesting like yeah you still they get enough people and they can't arrest all of them no they can't go out protest cover your faces so your identity can't be seen don't take your phones like yeah yeah, just protesting is one of the most powerful tools we have against democracy when you are so is a violent revolution when it's not a democracy Charlie's gonna when we go to America I'm gonna lose her and then she'll just be like sorry I was trying to take down the government (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) I was gonna be back in time for dinner I promise (laughs) thank you for that question RMG I hope that you have recovered from the morphine they had their appendix out by the way oh goodbye Um, appendix goodbye appendix Thank you guys so much for listening. Please tell us if you make Amortentia and how you make it, because I think that would be fun. And we'll speak to you in the next one. Bye! Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. Yolanda, Samuel, RMG, Patrick, Nick, Lewis, Layla, Catherine, 
Gillian, Becca, Ashley, Ash, Emily, and Abby. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon, where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.